Hi guys, my name's Eileen and this is the Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. I am a YouTube creator, blogger, singer, musician, and artist of life. And I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of your life. You can create the life that you've always imagined. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. The other day, I was catching up with some friends who I used to work together with on a video team. And we were just reminiscing on the old shoots that we used to do for our old job and how fun they were. And I just laughed to myself because I thought back, I was like, wow, I had no idea what I was doing back then. It's just so funny. And I thought about it and I realized that so much of the beginning of my career was me not knowing what I was doing and just pretending to be bold enough to handle whatever I was given and just figure it out on my own. So that kind of inspired me to bring it up today. For those of you who are starting out in your life and career and you don't really have any experience under your belt just yet, you just have to fake it till you make it. So let me paint the picture for you first. So in April 2012, there was a first event called the 626 Night Market. So this was like the first Asian food festival of its kind in the San Gabriel Valley in LA. And the 626 is the area code of this neighborhood. So this neighborhood is predominantly Asian. And this is like the area where I grew up in LA. So this event was inspired by the night markets in Asia. It was organized by three friends, their first time organizing any event. And they were just like, you know, we really love the night markets in Asia. Why don't we bring that to America? Why don't we have one in LA? Because we have so much Asian food here. We have a lot of Asian people. So I'm sure like it will be a cool thing. So they went to the city of Pasadena to plan this event. And so The city told them, they're like, okay, we'll estimate like maybe 8,000 people will show up to this event because it's your first time. We've never really had an event like this before. So we'll just plan for like a small 8,000 people event. So it was held like on one block on one street and they planned accordingly. They got about like 15 to 20 food vendors. It was like a really small, cute event. So I don't know if you know, but Asian Americans love food And Asian Americans love social media. So naturally, once word got out about this event, the first Asian night market in the 626, this event like blew up on social media. And on the day of the event, about like 25,000 people came out to this event. It was literally like a disaster because they planned for like a small event. Oh yeah, well, we'll, we think like 8,000 people will come, but it was 25,000 people coming out. It was crowded. The food ran out in like the first two hours and food vendors were going crazy because they were trying to manage and sell more food, but they ran out so they would go get more food. And one vendor told me they were like, yeah, like just carting in our food took an hour and a half to get through those crowds. So a lot of people left that event like really angry because one, like most people couldn't even get in because there were way too many people. 
And secondly, I mean, they came hungry and they left hungry. And that is a recipe for being really hangry. So basically, the 626 Night Market had like the record for the most one star Yelp reviews in the shortest amount of time. And it just had a bad, bad reputation because that first event was a disaster. And the organizers were like traumatized, they didn't know that this was gonna happen. So, a month after that first event in May 2012, I joined the team on the 626 Night Market. So, what happened was after that first event, the organizers were like, oh my God, there's a huge demand for this kind of event. Like, they didn't predict that so many people would want this kind of event and that it'd be so popular. So, they're like, we gotta do it again and we gotta do it like five times bigger. And so, what they did is they found people to join their first team. So I was kind of like on that first batch of team members to help organize this event. And it was like really good timing because that was like a week before I graduated college and I got introduced to the organizers through a friend. So yeah, just timing was really interesting. So the goal was to plan a bounce back event, like a bigger, better event in July. And I went in knowing that although they had a bad reputation for being like too crowded, people were hungry, no one got food, etc. I knew that it was a good problem to have, to have a lot of people. So I saw so much potential in this event. So I joined in marketing, PR, and as a video producer and host. Basically, I wore so many different hats because we all came together to help organize this event. The roles weren't really defined. It was like a very startup mentality. It's like there wasn't any official like job training for the job. Basically, they brought us in. They're like, okay, we need help with this. Can you figure out how to do it? So basically, that was the culture. It was, it was very DIY. Everyone was just there figuring it out on our own. So my first job was to do the damage control with the PR because like I said, they had like horrible Yelp reviews, such a bad reputation, but at the same time, a lot of media was like giving this event attention because of this big catastrophe. So my job was to explain to the media and tell the internet our side of the story and kind of instill hope for a brighter future for the event. And to me, I was like a fresh grad. It was such a fun challenge because I don't know, I just, to me, that was really fun to be able to like support this event that I really believed in and really stand for it. And also because my boss wasn't a great speaker, I volunteered as the spokesperson because I don't know, I just thought that would be really fun. I've never done anything like that before, but he was like, all right, who wants to do this interview with the news? And I was like, I'll do it, I'll do it. So although I had like basic experience in marketing and social media, I really had no real credentials or experience for most of what I had to do for that job. I had no experience in PR as a PR manager or spokesperson. I had no experience as a host, like interviewing people. So the first event was in July and I got to interview food vendors on camera and update our Instagram. And I also did like a radio interview with NPR. So that was something that was like so wild to me because I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I'm 21. I just graduated like a couple months ago. And here I am doing like an interview with NPR, which is a pretty big deal. So I thought to myself, I didn't even study PR. I'm pretty sure I'm like living a PR student's dream right now, you know? 
So a couple months later after that event, we got to do interviews for like LA Times, New York Times, and I even got to be interviewed on TV channels like NBC, Fox, and even Chinese TV where I was forced to speak Mandarin, which was really hard for me. But I knew that I was really lucky to have been given these opportunities because I realized that this experience probably does not come across many young, inexperienced fresh grads very often. So my mindset for that job the entire time was really like, I'll do it. I'll do anything. Basically, I just really wanted to learn. I knew I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew that in doing those things, I would learn how to do them. And I was really lucky to have found a very DIY startup culture where I was allowed to do these things in the first place when I didn't have the experience. So when I started shooting and hosting videos for the job, I had to learn how to do everything on my own. I remember scrambling to find videographers for each shoot. I pretended I knew how to be a host when in reality, I was really learning everything on the job. And I had to make my way through some pretty awkward interviews in the beginning. And I also had to learn how to write press releases and figure out what the heck to even do at press conferences. So Google really was my best friend. And a couple years later, my boss trusted me with the budget to hire my own video team. So I had no idea how to go about hiring people. But like always, I just set it up in a very DIY fashion. I posted a listing on our blog and then I started meeting people at a coffee shop. And it's just funny because I felt like I wasn't supposed to be in that position. I was like, I'm 23, learning how to be a boss and hiring my own team, where I was actually at a point in my life where I was a mess and didn't know what I was doing with my life. And thank God for my video team, guys. Honestly, I love them so much. They taught me so much and they helped me through a lot during that time. So shout out to Tiger, Christian, and Michelle. <laughs> so that year, I landed us a partnership with like a big food digital network called the Taste Made Network. So we got access to their like professional kitchen studios. So it was really fun to be able to go there and shoot some cool food videos and chef interviews and... It was my first time working as a producer, working with food vendors and chefs to create videos with my young and hopeful media team. I had no idea what I was doing again. <laughs> you know, I really didn't know how to plan the details of a shoot. So I just come up with a rough idea of a recipe with my vendors. And then I'd relay that message to my videographers. And then I said, and then we'll just wing it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said, let's just wing it so many times for those shoots. I didn't know anything about planning shot lists, storyboards, any of that, which is why we ended up in some pretty funny situations. Like I remember one time we had a vendor that tried to make a noodle cake dessert, like a cake made of noodles, and that did not taste or look good. And we just did not know what to do with that. And also like one time I had to deal with the pressure of having a child actor and his mom on set where the child actor accidentally burned himself while flipping a burger. Oh my god, I can't believe I let that kid cook. I didn't know why that was a good idea. But I mean, don't worry. It wasn't like a bad burn. It was like a minor burn. But still, it's just so crazy now that I think about it. I think it's really funny. Anyway, like I said... All of those times, all of those years, I had no idea what I was doing. Nobody told me what to do. I had to figure it out on my own. But 
after really faking it in the beginning and gaining that experience, I started to really learn the ropes and learn how to do things better the next time. So for many, many years, I really faked it until I made it. Now that I think about it, you have to put yourself in situations where you're inexperienced. How else are you going to learn? Where else are you going to start? So fake it till you make it. I'm not telling you to lie. (laughs) Don't lie straight up. I'm just saying don't let your inexperience stop you from doing something. Everyone has to start somewhere. There's a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, every artist was first an amateur. And I love that because it really reminds you that you can start anywhere and still be able to get up there someday. You're the youngest you will ever be right now, so take advantage of your youth where time is your biggest resource and just put yourself in situations where you're outside of your comfort zone, where you don't really know the ropes so you can grow and learn from that experience. It's about putting on that facade of confidence on the outside, even when you don't exactly feel it on the inside. And after a while, that false confidence will become real confidence. That's what it means to fake it till you make it. All right, now it's time to share a few tips on how you can fake it till you make it. The first tip is a big one. Believe in yourself, or at least seem like you do. (laughs) So people will only believe in you if you believe in yourself. This is how you get people to trust you with things initially. How can you expect others to put their faith in you if they see that you don't even believe in yourself? So I'm telling you, you have to at least seem like you're confident and you know what you're doing. So after graduation, I really had that I can do it spirit where I was willing to take on any challenge even if I didn't know how to do it at that moment. I knew that I could figure it out. I remember every time my boss would come up to me with a new idea he had like, Eileen, how about we create a narrative short film? Would you want to produce that? I'd always be like, yes, sure, I can do it. (laughs) And so I proceeded to figure out how to even produce a film and gather the people I needed to make it happen. That was a challenge in itself. Thinking back, I remember I like worked really hard to get sponsors for the film. I found a director and luckily he helped me by bringing on another producer that helped me gather the film crew and handle all the details that I knew nothing about. And we shot that film over two days at a crowded night market when it was like super hot in the summer, mid-July in LA with like 80,000 attendees at that event. So, oh my God, combine that with like the fast-paced aggressiveness of a film set, that was such an intense experience. I cried after that first day on set, but I learned a lot. So you just have to be brave. Fake that confidence if you have to until it becomes real. Believe in yourself and people will too. The next tip on how to fake it till you make it is have the mindset that everything is figure outable. So this is a quote by Marie Forleo. If you follow her, you'll you'll have heard it before because it's her mindset that anything can be figured out and it really is a powerful mindset. And I'll just tell you the quick story that it comes from. Basically, Marie Forleo's mom has always been a very like fix-it lady. She would like catch her mom on the roof and be like, mom, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, don't worry. I'm just fixing the roof. And then one day, like her mom's favorite radio broke into like a bunch of pieces And then she caught her mom like 
taking apart that radio and working to fix it. And she's like, mom, aren't you sad? That's your favorite radio. And her mom was like, don't worry, Marie. Everything is figure outable. So that's like a short version of that story. Definitely like check it out if you haven't heard it before. But honestly, after hearing it, it's been stuck in my head and I think it'll be ingrained in my mentality for the rest of my life. Know that everything can be figured out. Nothing is out of reach. If there's a will, there's a way. Do you ever hear yourself saying something like, oh, but I don't know how to do that. And then you let that stop you from moving forward. I feel like that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. Some people want to achieve a goal and they might get off to a good start, but then they bump into that first obstacle and get stuck because they're like, I don't know how to do that. And then they just stop. They don't try to figure their way through that obstacle. So don't be that person. That's really what separates the dreamers from the achievers. No one starts out knowing how to do everything. The people who succeed are those who are willing to figure things out along the way. So they don't let their lack of knowledge or skill stop them from making progress. Realize everything can be learned. So if you don't know something, you can always do your research, look online, find examples or tutorials, or better yet, find a mentor or someone who's done it before and just talk to them. Learning from other people's experience can save you so much time. The final tip on how you can fake it till you make it is to show up. 80% of success is showing up. So showing up really is the majority of the battle. It's hard to get yourself out there in the first place, but once you do, everything else is figureoutable. Yep. <laughs> I'll be honest, sometimes I've been scared or nervous, so scared that I simply don't show up. And there have been like auditions that I simply didn't show up for out of fear. And it's those times that, you know what? Nothing happened. I didn't learn, I didn't experience anything, I just lost an opportunity that could have led to something, but didn't. So there's another quote by Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So if you can simply show up and put yourself in the action, then you'll be forced to handle that situation when you're there. So even if you're scared or you don't feel like you're ready, just do it. Just show up. If you keep waiting, you may never feel like you're completely ready. I don't know if any of us ever feel like 100% ready. So just do it. Regardless of what happens, whether it's a success or catastrophe, you will learn so much just from showing up. So my friends, fake it till you make it. Just do it. Remember that quote, every artist was first an amateur. So we all got to start somewhere. There's nothing to be ashamed about. So the next time you're in a nerve-wracking situation where you don't feel completely ready, repeat after me. I got this. I will fake it till I make it. And before you know it, you'll have made it. Thanks for being here with me today. My name's Eileen and you just listened to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. Bye!